Welcome to the Daily Writer Podcast, where we bring you tips and inspiration each day to help you build habits for writing success. For more resources, including your free Daily Writer Starter Kit, visit dailywriterlife.com. One of the most common misconceptions among writers is that success is a mystery. Many people believe that some books are just magically successful for no good reason, and other books languish forever on the shelf with no readers, again, for no good reason. Because it's all just luck of the draw, right? Well, not so fast. My guest today is here to help us understand the simple yet incredibly effective formula for crafting a best-selling book. Her name is Honoré Corder, and she is the self-publishing expert. Honoré is the author of dozens of books, including You Must Write a Book, The Prosperous Writer Book Series, Vision to Reality, Business Dating, the Successful Single Mom series, and many more. She's also the co-author of the Miracle Morning book series, which has over a dozen titles. Honoré coaches business professionals, writers, and aspiring nonfiction authors who want to publish their books to bestseller status, create a platform, and develop multiple streams of income. She also happens to be my writing and business coach, and I've benefited greatly from her wisdom through her courses, books, and the Empire Builders Mastermind. In this conversation today, Honoré breaks down the best-selling book formula, which consists of four key elements. If there's a book that stands the test of time, if it makes the author money, if it grows their platform for years or even decades, it probably contains some version of this formula. We also take this formula and applied it to some of my recent and upcoming books, which was a really eye-opening and kind of a vulnerable exercise, but super educational, and I learned a ton from this. So if you're looking for the keys to writing not just a best-selling book, but also a best-earning book, you're going to really love this conversation with the amazing and insightful Honoré Corder. Honoré Corder, welcome back to the Daily Writer Podcast. This is, I think, your second or third or fourth time on the show. I I forget, but every time is a total delight and pleasure. So I appreciate you making time to do this. I would, we could do it every day. It would be so fun. Well, like I mentioned before I hit record, uh, now, obviously, I've taken your courses before. I'm in your Empire Builders Mastermind. So I've I read read lots of your books and I'm on your email list. So I'm kind of an honorary world a lot of the time. And it's really actually hard to pin down. It was hard to pin down what I wanted to talk about because there's so much stuff there. But we're going to talk about a topic today that I'm really, really excited about, which is I'm just calling it the best sell, best-selling book formula. I don't think that's actually your terminology, though. So I'm just going like to throw it. it out there. Does that work? Yeah, we'll do that. Yes. Okay. Yes. How to write it. Well, how to write a best-selling book that's a best-earning book. Yes. That was the other term that was kind of in the material I was looking at of yours. Yeah. Which is, a there's a big difference, isn't there, between a best-selling book and best-earning book? There can be. All best-earning books are best-selling books, but not all best-selling books are best-earning books. Kind of like all real estate agents are salespeople, but not all salespeople are real estate agents. Right. Right. Yeah. Or not all real estate agents are realtors. Like I sometimes, I'm not in that world, but I know that's kind of a big point. Right. Of it's, a, it's a it's a designation without question. Right. Yes. And so when I want, when I am writing a book, I want it to be a best earning book. And I really now like to look at books as, as the opportunity to earn income for a decade. So can it be hmm. a really great earning book for 10 years, can it become a part of an empire? Can it be like a little mini empire inside a bigger empire, right? I'm looking at it through a completely different lens than when I first started. Now, let me throw a question out there before we we get into these four things. And then I want to run some of my book projects for next year through this, kind of through the, through the oven and see if they pass the tests here. (laughs) But I was trying to put myself in the shoes of people who are listening and writers come in all shapes and sizes and backgrounds and all that stuff. But I know a lot, something that a lot of writers struggle with, including myself at times is writers are, many writers are wired to be creative types or artistic types. We love the craft. We love the storytelling, but a lot of us really struggle to think of ourselves as business people. And we struggle with the strategy and the planning side of it. Do you have any thoughts for people who are listening right now who 
are they're going through that struggle of thinking strategically and of thinking of them, themselves like a business person. How do you start to think more like a business person if you're really if you really really love the creative side of it? I well, that's such a great question and so a lot of things are going through my head. I think the first thing that I want to say is that just because you're a creative person does not mean you can't be a business person. Hmm. There are a lot that's of business good. people who are also creative people. And successful creative people are business people too. And it seems um, that if something comes easy, if the creative side comes easy, maybe the business part doesn't come as easily. And am I the only person that doesn't like to do hard things when I can do things that are easy? Mm. Probably not. And I just like to challenge myself. So I'm going to challenge the listeners that if thinking strategically and being a business person seems hard, then perhaps that's something that you study incrementally. Mm. And I'll give like uh, my own personal example. Maybe that will be helpful on a different topic. So you know that I'm a language learner and I have been learning French for quite some time. And I got to the part in the journey. And when you're starting, it feels easy for two seconds. Like you can learn, hi, my name is, and how are you? And what day is it? And then there's a point where it gets hard. And I had to make a decision that I really did want to speak French. And I have to remake that decision every day because it's really hard. Hmm. Still hard. Hard yesterday, hard today, getting a little easier. I actually heard somebody say something in fast French today. And I was like, oh my gosh, I understood that. Holy cow. Wow, that's cool. (laughs) Right? But it doesn't happen every day. And then I'll turn on something on Netflix and they'll be speaking like on a television show. And I'm like, nope, I'm out. I got nothing. (laughs) Still not there yet. But I have to make that decision every day that I'm going to lean into the thing that's hard because I know on the other side of it, I'm going to be really happy. Hmm. So thinking strategically and being a business person who is also creative, if it doesn't come intuitively and instinctively, is something that you can learn. And there are lots of resources and lots of people you can rely on. You don't need to learn legal terminology by going to law school, you can have an attorney. You don't need to learn accounting software. You can hire an accountant. Um, You can learn the basics. There are tons of resources available, a lot of them free, some of them paid. There are mentors and opportunities to have a, a, a a group of people around you. So there are communities like your community, right, where you're probably talking about, you know, Mm -hmm. here are the things that you need to know. And as you start to know more, you'll start to dream bigger. And as you start to dream bigger, then you'll realize that there's always another level, always another level, always another level. And there are always people who are a little ahead of you and a lot ahead of you who will encourage you on. Boy, there's, there's, and there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> and that could be a whole nother episode. And maybe we'll do a part two on all those things yeah. or a part 86, you know, cause there's <laughs> a lot, lot to do there. But it yeah. occurs to me, one of the things that, that people do struggle with related to all this, it's, it's not, always just being intimidated by learning business or learning some new skill, there is a sense where a lot of people come from a background where there wasn't a lot of financial success or a lot of business success. And so there can be sometimes this fear that we're going to outgrow the people who are closest to us. We're going to outgrow our friends and family, and then it's going to be really weird and they're going to abandon us and we're going to be ostracized. And I'm kind of being a little dramatic, but that is kind of the mental process a lot of people go through, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it's... Uh, truth be told, it can happen. I've seen it happen. I've mentored people through that process. And so a couple of things, don't talk about it. If someone's going to squish you, Hmm. talk about it around people that are going to encourage you and go, that's amazing because some people can be really happy for you. And some people are going to be really unhappy for themselves and unhappy all over you has nothing hmm. to do with you. <laughs> that's a good phrase. I like that. Right. It's like, wow, that that's all about you, not about me, but it sure does feel about me. That hurts my feelings or that yeah. doesn't feel very good or the relationship is different. And I do know people that have gone on to make a lot of money and then their siblings, parents, friends have, it has gotten weird, right? And they've stopped talking about it because 
they can't, they don't feel like they can, they don't feel like it's a safe environment. So I think you have to really choose who you're going to talk to about your dreams because there was somebody who said to one of my good friends who was on a way to write a book, right? Hmm. Right. My very first book. And I was like, well, he is not writing on my G6. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to fly coach, forget him. Like he's not coming on my jet. I don't have a jet, but you know what I'm saying? Like I am, I immediately had a response to it. And mine was sassy. Not everybody has that. Like, well, then I'm not bringing you on the bus with me. You get to stay home kind of response. Right. So you have to be really careful who you talk to about your dreams because not everybody is going to give you a high five and be more happy for you than they are for themselves or be happy for um, you even if that's not their dream. I mean, I have really great friends who are in the corporate world and I'm just a weirdo to them. They're like, I don't know what you do. I don't think you actually want. <laughs> I don't know what you <laughs> do. You haven't, ever, you haven't ever asked me for money. So I think you must be doing okay, but they don't understand. Like they're, they have corporate jobs and they have benefits and they get their check every two weeks. And they're like, I have no desire to do what you do. I don't understand what you do but I think you're cool and I like you anyway. And like, you can tell yeah. me when something happens and I'm going to be excited for you. Those are the best friends to have in addition to the friends that are creatives and get it. Yeah. And yep. then I think everybody else can just not know or let them come to you and ask and then be like, why are you asking? Like, did you, you know, did you come to be unhappy all over me or did you come to be happy for me and maybe hmm. ask me how you can do this too. Yeah. That's a long answer, but what a great perspective. And and boy, there's a lot to unpack there too. Maybe that's episode 158 of this conversation or something. There's so so much psychological stuff that goes on in our heads many times, especially in the first few years of this journey. That's at least been my experiences. I'm sort of working out a lot of these things in my own head as I have made a transition not that long ago from having a job and now I have my own business and And I'm going through some of these kinds of things and and thinking about them. But anyway, this isn't a therapist session, although it kind of feels like you want me to, did you want me to give, thank you. Did you, as I interrupt you, did you, (laughs) 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 as I talk over you, I'm a great listener. Would you like me to just give some insight into how they might handle it? Cause I have like a second. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. So one of my practices, and this is not a surprise, hello, consult the Google, right? I I am the co-creator of the Miracle Morning book series. And Mm -hmm. when someone texts or emails me, as happens in Empire Builders mostly, but someone will say to me, what's the one thing I can do to go from here to there? And my answer is kind of a, 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 a blanket salve for any challenges. And that is to spend an hour every morning working on yourself. Hmm. So if not using the lifesavers as an acronym and following that formula, then have a process where you work on yourself. And I'm going to, I'm going to use a throwback term, right? Which is to make yourself so that you're a weeble, you wobble, but you don't fall down so that when someone comes at you and they are unhappy all over you, you can pull back and go, boy, that kind of could hurt my feelings if I cared, <laughs> but, but I kind of don't care because I have this morning practice where I'm working on myself. And I think that your level of success will never outpace your level of personal development. And I'm not the first one to say that. I don't know if it was Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar or Brian Tracy. Like I borrowed that from someone, but I know when someone comes at me or something happens personally or professionally, I'm able to handle it better because I'm spending that time in the morning becoming the best version of myself and and ready for most of what comes at me during the day. And so it's one part personal development and it's another part like making sure that you're not tired or hungry or you need to exercise or you're thirsty, right? It's making sure your basic needs are met, your basic psychological, mental health needs are met, your physical um, health needs are met. And then also working on yourself. So that's just a little slice of what advice I would offer. And we can do episode 864 on that, you know, in three months or whatever. But that's my basic general advice is like spend that time every day shoring yourself up, 
like, you know, if I were watching the devil wears Prada, he's like, she's coming, guard your loins, right? So it's like, <laughs> I've actually <laughs> like, never seen that, but I'm just, I'm just going to go along like I know what you're talking about. So, well, now I, I'm, you I'm familiar have to, with the I, movie. I challenge you to watch the movie. It's, okay. It's, uh, okay. Challenge accepted. Uh, Stanley Tucci. And he's talking about the boss is coming, Miranda Priestly. And he's like, you know, she's coming. And everyone's kind of scrambles. And he says, gird your loins. It's like, get yourself ready for whatever is going to come at you because something will come at you. And the more centered and strong you are, the less what comes at you is going to have the ability to throw mm. you or knock you over. Do you think there's there's a, uh, what? Well, I can't think of the term that I'm looking for. Um, some kind of connection between people who are constantly in crisis in, in some form or fashion and the lack of some type of morning routine or the lack of that. Yeah. Well, some type of routine. I, I, there's a, there's a big debate here in the quarter household about mornings because mm. I'm a morning person and Byron's not a morning person. And so it's like the morning starts when you start, like have your practice when you get up, even if you're Miracle morning happens at 10 a.m., right? So I'm not suggesting yeah. it needs to be a morning practice. I think it just needs to be a personal practice that happens every day. And I think it is Zig Ziglar that says, you know, personal development is best when you do it every day. You need that reinforcement. It's like you shower yeah. every day and you need to work on yourself every day. You need to put yourself in the right frame of mind every day. For me, that works great. And it really helps me to not only handle all of those things, but to also help those I serve handle it as well. Man, this is really good stuff. And I think if, if people don't take anything else away from this conversation, just that idea of spending some time working on yourself every day can radically impact your whole day, therefore can radically impact your whole life. I, yes, I agree. I did start the the class I taught this morning with, I have exercised and had coffee. So hmm. It's 9 a.m. on a Monday, but I'm just preparing <laughs> you for the fact that I'm fired up and ready to go because I that's how I started my day. And I feel better and in a better frame of mind when I've kind of cleared out the cobwebs and gotten the endorphins going and and read a positive message, said a you know, said some some prayers and affirmations and all the things. Man, that's good stuff. Yeah, we definitely need to do a follow-up episode diving into all this in more detail because it's it's so important. It's really really important. Uh, let me get to to some things to to write a best selling and best earning book. And I wanted to go through these because these were a surprise to me. Now I've been kind of a book nerd my whole life, and I've been in the writing world for a few years now. But you're the first person that I well actually the only person I've ever heard that has identified it in such a simple and amazing way. So I'd love to go through these. Yeah, uh, let yeah. me, let me kind of share what they are and then we can break, break these down. Okay. Uh, just kind of one at a time is you talk about how the best books and the ones that sell for many years to come have four things in common. They're easy to read, easy to remember, they're easy to do, and they're easy to share. And I, I love this. So my first question is, how did you pick up on this thread? Was this something that, that you'd heard somewhere or just through your own no. observation? Because it's like such a, it's a thing where I look at the books that, that I love the most and I go, oh my gosh, it's all there. And yes. I'm just, um, I'm blown away that I had not heard this before. I don't, I, I made it up. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's absolutely brilliant. It really, really I made is. it up. I made it up. We have a special guest here, of course, during our show. Frappuccino has decided to join the show um, because right now is when she needs attention, as all cats do. Um, so, no, it, it was just an observation because I help people to write and publish books. And I write and publish books and I read all the books. I mean, mm -hmm. I, legitimately every day, Kent, I say I'm not going to buy any books today. And then I'll get one in the mail. <laughs> Magically, right? somehow, magically, somehow a new book comes to me every day and I can't read a book a day. I can read like three or four books a week. So I'm behind. I'm woefully behind. And I just took another box out of my house this weekend of books that I had read that are going to go in my long term library. Right. 
someday in the future when that yeah. happens, which we can't talk about because it's a sore subject, but um, <laughs> someday I'll have a bookshelf. I saw it in the plans. It's there. Um, but it's like, I keep doing it. I keep taking boxes of books out. Nevertheless, all of that to say, I am exposed to books regularly. And I just started to notice what the common elements were, because if I'm going to educate people on how can they get out of their own way, then it needs to be simple because Hmm. otherwise it's much too complex. And I read a lot of books that are easy. They're easy to read because the author speaks at the level of the reader. They're not speaking at the level of their English professor. Right. Or their PhD or whatever it is. Right. They're not trying to impress you with their $25 words, right? They're trying to impart wisdom to make someone's life better, to help them avoid pain or gain pleasure or fill a void or all of the above. And then it's easy for them to remember what it is that they read. So they include a process, right? Like the lifesavers of the self-confidence formula or go for no, right? So there's a, there's Mm -hmm. something they can remember so that when it's time to remember it, they can do it (laughs) because if you can't remember, you can't do it, but if you can remember it and do it and it makes an impact, then you can share it. And that's where books, in my opinion, hit the tipping point and go viral or get um, organic growth, right? Get those organic sales. So you can get those through engaging the Amazon algorithms, but that's not the easiest and fastest way for books to be discovered. The easiest and fastest way for books to be discovered is through word of mouth. And if you want people to get the word out, your book has to be easy to read, remember, do, and share. And so that's where I came up with that. It was like, those were the common threads of the books that I read. They weren't complex. They weren't hoity-toity. They weren't, you know, Com, you know what I'm trying to say. There wasn't totally. the author wasn't trying to to be impressive or impress for the sake of impressing. They were trying to impress their message on people who were at that level, whatever that level was, right? That was that was helpful to them. They they were writing the book at the level that could be understood by the reader. English is my first language. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let me, okay, so so just to kind of summarize, easy to read, remember, do, and share. Okay, so let me take some of the books that I've been involved in, and I would like to kind of run run them through this framework to see how how well am I doing with this, and also different genres of books and how that might apply to this. Okay. So let's take one that you actually read recently, uh, The Faith of Elvis, which I co-authored with Billy Stanley, Elvis' stepbrother. Yeah. Thank you for the review on Goodreads, by the way. I just noticed that yesterday. Appreciate oh, you're that welcome. Yes, yes. So for, for a book that is not straight up nonfiction, like it's not trying to solve a problem necessarily for the reader or something like that, how would some of these things apply to a book like that? So The Faith of Elvis for those, uh, I can't imagine anybody listening to this podcast now who's not heard me talk about it because I've been That's promoting right. it for If you months. haven't heard of it, then you're under a rock or this is their first episode. Right, or this is they've not listened to the show before. Yes. So it passes okay. the easy to read test. It which does. we worked very hard on making it simple, easy to read. Yes. Um, but as far as easy to remember, do and share, I'm not sure how a book like that, a memoir, how does it connect with those things? Because oh, there's I nothing to remember like a formula. It's just stories. Well, but, but, but what I remember and I can do and I can share is that Elvis was a man of faith. And what he did, what I can do, right? I can remember what he did, which was Mm -hmm. to treat everyone with kindness, to try to be the best man he could be, to encourage, to put family first. So I can do those things. And then I can talk about it. I can share about it with you, right? So it was easy to read. The Faith of Elvis is an easy book to remember the book title of. And keep in mind that if people can't remember the exact title, I'm going to remember something. I'm going to probably remember Elvis about this one, right? So I could go to, (laughs) yes. but I'm saying I could go to Amazon and I could look up books on Elvis and I could find this book, right? So you want to make it easy for people. It's like some people call it the morning miracle. 
or the magic right. morning. Right. right. And so it's like somehow it's like a book about the morning, right? A morning ritual book, right? Like you want to be, people to be able to get there in, the in their heads. Yes, because you'll never forget the faith of Elvis. I'll probably never forget the faith of Elvis. But if I did, I would remember Elvis and I could reverse engineer okay. outfox myself, right? But then what you shared were stories and stories make it easy for people to remember. And then what the stories are about is what he did. And I've been able to share it because I was able to remember it and think about how I would do it or how I'm attempting to do it and then talk about it with people in my circle. And that would get the book out. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. And you know, it's interesting because we did think about all this when we were doing the book, I just hadn't thought of it in those terms because, you know, when you're deciding on a book about how you're going to structure it and how long the chapters are going to be, I felt very strongly the chapters need to be short. And we worked really hard on transitions between chapters to make it a very, very easy read. And then I suggested adding discussion questions at the end of the book to help apply the things. So I guess, I guess really, I did think about all these things. I just didn't think of them in those terms. really. Yes. And if we get a sound effect, then there's like a little ding, ding, like you win like this one for this round, this book, ding, ding. We need a little like sound effect to go in. in You like the family feud theme to play or Vanna White to show up or something. Yes. Yes. We need a little graphic to go with the video that says ding, ding. Okay. This one won. (laughs) All right. What do we have? Okay. Okay. Uh, The next one is uh, in the spring. It was supposed to come out. I shouldn't say this publicly. It was supposed to come out in October, but it didn't for reasons I won't go into here. There were those reasons being I got busy with other stuff. Um, The book should have come out in October, but it's coming out in spring. The Daily Writer book, which is 366 meditations on habits, creativity, and discovering your voice. I think I got the subtitle mostly right. I feel like I should know my own book subtitle, but. Yeah. No. Good luck with that. The more yeah. you write, the more it's like, what, what did I say in the book? What did I write? What year was it? <laughs> yeah. first, right? No, no worries there. I got on a podcast interview. This has been a few weeks ago. Somebody was asking me about my artist suitcase book that came out like several years ago. And I didn't know we were going to talk about that. And so they got on, they were asking me all these real specific things about the book. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So I'm like racking my brain trying to think, what yeah. did I say in this book? I'm sure that happens to you all the time. All the time. And you have to say, like, help me out because it's been a minute. I've worked (laughs) since then. And I honestly, I don't remember every single thing I've ever said or written. So please help me. Feed me the line. (laughs) So yes, it will happen more to you as time goes on. Okay. So the Daily Writer book, uh, I think it's going to pass the easy to read test because I I pay a lot of attention to, you know, short sentences, short paragraphs, keeping the, the reading level low. And I know that you talk about books need to be written at a third grade level to sell the best, which is super fascinating. That's really, really fascinating. Yeah. Um, easy to remember. This one I'm, I'm getting a little hung up on because it's 366 daily meditations for a whole year. Yeah. How, how would, does the easy to remember part come into that? Well, like so, so great. Also a great question. You're a star student. Um, I am reading the Daily Stoic, as you know. We've talked about this. I have, which my book is, like, is modeled on. Yes, and I, I think this is like year three. And you would think that on year three of every day. I mean, it is part of my morning ritual. It's part of that morning, right? So very rarely do I miss a day, or mm. do I not read it first thing in the morning? I do not remember specific entries. Me neither. But I remember the essence of those. And sometimes I'll talk about them that same day with someone. And you would think I would remember the one on my birthday, or I would remember the different phases or the different topics of the month, having read it over and over again. But the beautiful part is, is that it's familiar and it's comfortable and it makes sense. Like the lessons are very short. So it's like, how are you going to react today? Are you going to lose your mind? Is that important? No. You're going to remember it later? No. Okay, then calm down. <laughs> right? And really, it's the and same so, theme every day, just said in a different way. Mostly. It is. Yes. It's the, it's the don't, don't give too big for your britches, right? If I had to like, you know, 
state stoicism, right? If I had to come up with my own like honorisms for stoicism, it's like, don't get too big for your britches. Calm down. It's not that big of a deal, right? Don't take it personally. Um, the, the, the fire that you're walking through is going to cure you for something later that you need or someone else needs, right? Like these are the, these are the lessons that I don't remember reading over and over again, but I'm able to remember in the midst of things, it's starting to seep in is what I'm saying. It's becoming subconscious. And I think the lessons that are shared seem to be very timely because whatever I'm reading about seems yeah. to be like the, the one from today was you need time off. Yeah. I read that. Uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I, I missed a few days. I actually read the one from like a week and a half ago. So I don't even so, know what this morning's was. It was, I think it yeah, was what about time off is for time off, what time off is for, but, but make yourself better during the time off. Like don't just fool around, but actually make something of yourself, make yourself better. Even when you're not working, still work mm-hmm. on yourself. And I was like, Ooh, Ryan, I got this one. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Ryan it's interesting Howard. how the book is like, it doesn't really matter what you're going through. Almost every meditation is applicable to any situation. Like it's, that's the, I think the genius of, of that book in particular. Right. Agreed. And um, Agreed. yeah, it's, it's, it's just really phenomenal and they're short and they're shareable and Yes. And so I think the easy to remember is that it's the daily stoic. I think the remember to do and share is that there were, I can remember to read it. I can do whatever the day's lesson is. And then when someone is asking me, Hey, what, you know, when you're working on yourself, what are you doing? I can say one of the pieces of my process is I read the daily stoic and I get Hmm. the daily stoic newsletter and then I get the weekend. Mm-hmm. recap i do really love the fact that with that particular kind of book and there's and i've got multiple different like robert green has a similar book the daily laws i just got todd henry's new book daily creative and i love the idea that if you have a book like that you can just snap a picture of it share it on instagram or facebook or wherever and you have the whole it's like a self-contained unit in one picture it's a single page chapter essentially. And I, I love that because it's so shareable on social media. Right. And also that's helpful. And I don't feel bad when I share because I know that I'm helping the author. Right. Right. It's not like you're sharing, you know, a 30 page chapter out of somebody's book or something. Right. Which I don't think would be bad either. However, this is like a, you know, hashtag the daily stoic, hashtag the daily writer. I will be doing a lot of that. Right. I'm sure. Right. Okay, um, let me throw another book out out at you. Um, so, are you ding familiar ding. with the? We got it. We got to do the sound effect. Ding ding. Okay, ding ding. Oh, so my two for two now. Yeah, you're two for two. Okay, yep. so I've got I've got four or five of these. We we don't have to spend a lot of time on all these. Um, so a few months ago, I came out with a book, "18 Words to Live By." You were very kind oh. to read that, which I appreciated. The follow up to that, I think. 90% sure, but I haven't totally decided. It's going to be 19 reasons to keep going. So a book on perseverance. I'm I'm not really sure if it's smart to keep going up in numbers as the years go by, but the, the original idea was doing a book for my kid's birthday. So he's going to be 19 next year. So that's one thread this could take. Um, the chapters are very short in, in the 18 words to live by book as they will be in this upcoming book. Um, and really, it's kind of like the the Daily Writer book in the sense of they're short. It's it's written at a very easy to read level. Um, however, something I struggle with is how do how do people do these? How do they put them into practice? Um, what is a way this it can go from just being like ah, this is a feel good inspirational book to something they can actually do? Like in your material, you talk about Mel Robbins and like the five second rule and how that yeah. is a very simple concept people can share and talk about. Can I take that same idea and apply it to this kind of book? I think so, and maybe a different way. So let me come at it from a different direction. Okay. Um, my first question from a tactical perspective is, did you have a hard time coming up with 19? Or was 19 like the sweet spot and it just happened to coincide? Or were you really, did you get to like 12 and you were like, man, I need seven more reasons to keep going? No, no, with the, and I don't have the the words for the 19 figured out yet. Um 
With the 18 words book, no, I actually came up with, I think, 30 or 40 potential words and I had to really boil oh. them down. So no, that right. wasn't a problem at all. Okay, perfect. All right. I was just going to make sure that you weren't like, um, the- When I get to 28, you know, am I going to have something to later. say? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, perfect. Um, So this brings up an interesting aspect, I think, in that there are people that struggle and there are people that, oh, I was talking to someone today and she was going up on stage to make an introduction and she was like, I'm really nervous. It's like, there are other people on stage that are really important. And I'm kind of nervous about making this introduction for someone. And I was like, I get it. This is a, this is a, an important room full of important people mm. and you don't want to screw up. And so I thought I screwed up once and I'm going to tell her about it after because I don't want to plant that seed in her mind. So I was just like, you're going to be amazing. And then after she was done, I was like, you're amazing. But she was having that moment of anxiety. So all of that to say is like, there are moments when you're struggling that are going to pass. You're going to get through something. That was great. I made it. And then there's the, I'm struggling. I don't know that I want to be here anymore. That's on the, that's on the other side. Yeah. So you want your book to be giftable to either one of these people. Ooh, that's good. That's good. I would imagine that someone would, would like, I'm just thinking about someone who's close to me, who's someone close to them is in care right now because they were, they were trying to make that decision whether to stick around. Right. 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 And so if your book were available and it had the right depth to it, right, then that could be a book that she could take to her friend and say, yes, while you're here, here are the 19 reasons to keep going. You're going to find at least one in here that's going to help you to kind of come out of this place and back to where you're feeling better. Yeah. That makes sense. That's really, it totally makes sense. Yeah. So there's the, you know, here's your reason to get up on stage and like make the introduction and don't worry if you flub your words or you break out in a sweat, you're going to get through it and it's going to be fine. And then there's the, you know, life just is overwhelming and I think I'm out. Yeah. Right? I'm just, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I can't get out of bed or I don't want to get out of bed or whatever that looks like. Right. There's, we all have those moments of like, let me just throw it in. Um, and so if you can do that, then the get, then this book can be a just-in-time gift. It hmm. can be the right time gift. It can be a, uh, oh, I have the perfect thing for you. Let me send you a screenshot of this page. Or it could be, I'm going to get this book for you because it could be life-saving, life-changing, transformational, encouraging. Yeah, that that's really good. That's really good. And I I feel like, I mean, I, I enjoyed doing the 18 words book. I was really glad I was able to do it and everything, but I feel like, especially right now with a lot of people in transition and, you know, the past couple of years have been hard on a lot of people. I feel like there's a lot more, um, I don't want to say potential with, with a book on here's why you should keep going, but, but it's going to hit people where they're really feeling it. Yes. You know, because a lot yeah. of people. I think about half the people I know either are, they seem like they're headed into a crisis or they're in a crisis or they're just coming out of a crisis. I can think of a lot and you probably can too. You just, you can yeah. take off people in your mind. They're just, they're going through something really hard. Yes. Yes. And, and interestingly, the, I'm going to compare my real, not great lighting, not perfect makeup, you know, life to what I'm seeing on Instagram, which makes right? things 10 times someone worse. is like, they're at the perfect angle and the cameras in the up and right. It's like light. And then we're like, have you ever done that with the live picture where you're like holding it mm. down to get to the right frame. I'm, yeah. I think yeah. what, what's yeah. being presented and what people are seeing is not always all the time reality. Right. And then also they're comparing their today to where someone is, you know, years ahead of them totally. and they're making themselves feel bad. And then there are just the pressures of challenging relationships, challenges with finances, challenges with bosses and coworkers, challenges with not having bosses and coworkers, clients that aren't showing up fast enough, clients that are too demanding, that are making them crazy, right? <laughs> like, 
if you I've never have, dealt with any of those things personally, but no, no, no me neither. No, but I hear about other people who do. <laughs> yeah, I've got a I've got a friend. <laughs> I've got a friend asking for a friend. Like, how do I how do I get through this? But if you had something that someone could use as a touchstone, that it's like mm-hmm. pick not like I I now I have this right because I read the Elvis book, so I have this right. Is, right. This is my Bible from when I was, and I was just thinking, you know, the Bible you can open up to any page and find a scripture that could be helpful if that's your if that's your jam right if that's your thing but there are some books that i can just open and know that i'm going to come on a page that's going to say something that's going to speak if not the perfect words but positive words positive encouraging words and sometimes that's all you need is just a little bit of positive encouragement so that would be the easy to read i remember that this book feeds my soul and makes me feel encouraged. I can perhaps do what it asks me to do or encourages me to do. And then I'm going to share, if not what I read, but I'm going to feel like I can share with someone else positive of encouragement. I think all of your books have all those elements as well. So I'm, see, the problem with all of your books is that I want to read all of them today. I can't read all of your books today, but I can read one of them today. And yes. right now I'm going through, actually, I'm re-going through uh, Business Dating, which is such a great book. Thank you. For a whole bunch of reasons. But I love the tone that you have. I mean, the, the information the information is great as well, but I love the tone that you have in all your books because you make me feel like I can do this and you don't make, excuse me, and you don't make me feel stupid because I don't already know this stuff. Like I know that you, you've been doing this stuff a long time. You're really great at it. You're very successful with all these things. And sometimes when you read a book, have you had this experience where somebody's like way ahead of you in something and you kind of feel dumb because you're not at their level. Your books actually have the opposite effect where I feel like, Hey, you know, I can really like do this. And I've got coach on array in my corner, making me feel like this is totally doable. And Yes, that's you know, and goal. like you just have a real specific tone in your books that's very personable and it's informal. And I think it's actually one of my it's one of my models for how I feel like I should write is I want to have that same tone as well. Well, you're a beautiful writer. So I'll I will I will from now on I will say, Do you like Kent Sanders writing? Yes. Well, that's all from <laughs> me. Like <laughs> I'm gonna take credit now. I'm gonna like do a hair flip. No, um, thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's my goal. My goal is to encourage people and not make them feel stupid. And I have found that I make the most progress when someone says, Here's how you could do this. Here's your hmm. hack for it. I'm do language hacking, right? And so the guy who said you don't need to know the word for dinosaur or all of the vocabulary for you know teachers. In French, like you need to learn the what you would want to say the most. And I went, ah, oh, that totally makes sense. And then he has a book, like you learn how to say this and then this and then this. And here's mm-hmm. you just write in the language. And I went, oh my gosh, I can do that. I'm not going to feel stupid. It's like someone will say, but French is really hard. And sometimes the French aren't friendly. And I'm like, I have only met friendly French people. Mm-hmm. The only people who speak French that are snotty are Americans who minored in French <laughs> in college. And then they go, I don't understand. That is hilarious. I don't understand why your French isn't better, right? Your French isn't good. Your accent is terrible and you're not perfect. So I come speak to come back to me when you're, you know, another two years from now studying for five hours every day. And I'm like, Okay, but every French person I ever speak to in their native tongue, when I hear their accent, right, when they speak English with their beautiful French accent, I'm like, oh my gosh, I speak a little French. Can we speak French? And they light up like a Christmas tree. And so I, that's what worked for me. That's what I try to do Hmm. is like, hey, Kent, like, hey, maybe you don't know this thing that I've been studying for a really long time. And so here, let me just give you the four things that you can do when writing a book to write a really great book that's going to go and impact the lives of lots of people. Mm. Does that sound cool? Yes, let's do that, right? Nobody nobody gets upset about you making something easier for them. Right. In right. an encouraging way. But if you're now, like, me... hey, stupid, I can't believe you, do, you don't do that. <laughs> right, right. That doesn't, that doesn't seem to land the same way. <laughs> now, let me, let me explore for a minute. How does this apply to, how does this apply to fiction? Now, I realize that the goal of fiction is not to teach 
tip it. Now it can be sometimes, I guess, if you have like a, a business parable or something like that. But but fiction is designed to entertain primarily. How would right. these apply to people who are primarily doing fiction? Uh, you know what I want to say? I know, but I don't. But let me give it a shot because the writers who get me with story are the writers that I feel like I'm sitting across from there telling me a story. Yeah. Then this happened and then this happened and then this happened. And it's conversational in the tone. I, there are books that I can't get into. And maybe, maybe I'm just not that smart, right? Maybe I'm not that intellectual and that I just can't get into some of the literature. Right. I know what you mean. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, all the books that we're told we're supposed to like, but nobody really likes Yes. It. Yes. I just can't, like I've tried. So I go, okay, I really, I should read that because everybody's read it and people know the book and the story and the author and the characters. And I just go, just can't do it, but I just but can't get throw, excited about it. I just can't get excited about it, but throw some, but, but, and I feel like fiction is meant to be entertaining and meant to take me away from something and not be so hard. Hmm. I could be wrong. I'm not. No, I'm that, that totally makes sense. I'm not intellectual in that way. So it does Because there are things you can do in writing fiction to make it easier for the reader yeah. to engage with it, to finish the book, to share it. And you can right. bake some of those things into fiction, right? That Of course. There are ways yes. to write fiction that that are throwing up obstacles to your reader constantly, but there are ways to do it that make it easier for them. Right. And also too, I think there's so many people that don't read. What do they say? Like only three in 10 people have read a book this year. Lots of people are readers yeah. and they love reading. A lot of people don't love reading. And I wonder if it's because reading was shoved down their throats. Like you have to read this. Reading isn't enjoyable. And if someone doesn't love right. reading, I think it's probably because someone made them read as punishment or it felt like punishment. Like you're not going to get a good grade in this class unless you read these books. Well, I don't like these books. I only want to read the books that I want to read. I don't want to read a book because I have to read it that I don't love because there are so many books that I want to read that I know I'm going to love. I just haven't had the time to read them. So mm -hmm. now I don't, if someone says I don't like reading, I just wonder if they haven't found the books that they like to read Yeah. or they haven't found yeah. the way that they like to read is it an audio book or is it, you know, Kindle or do they still like paper and they're not a member of their library. Right. I think you have to like everything else, find the thing that you love to do and do it in the way that you love to do it, mm. or you're not going to, or you're not going to do it. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm, I'm really glad that audiobooks have come such a long way over the last 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, I remember it wasn't so many years ago where I was going to the library and checking out those big, huge plastic things with like an, you know, it would be an audiobook of like, um, like Malcolm Gladwell, you know, it would be like 10 CDs and I would like secretly put all those into iTunes on my computer and then put them on my iPod. And it was this whole in, involved kind of a thing that I would delete them when I was done listening to it. So I wouldn't feel guilty about it. And you know, and it's so much of an easier process today to do all that. And I keep hearing, and I'm sure you would know more about this than I do, that audiobooks account in many cases for more than half of an author's sales, which just yeah. blows me away. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, I think that's a lot of fiction. People listen to a lot of stories. And now I, I always want to, I always want to ask, but I, I don't because I think it's personal. But when someone has their earbuds in, I'm like, what are you listening to? Is it a yeah. podcast? Is it music? Is it right? It's like, but I listen to all of it. And I think now it's really easy with Audible. Like you can be in the middle of something and download a book if you have credits and be listening to yeah. it in five seconds, 10 seconds. I think that's fantastic. And I also just read that Spotify started doing, no, actually, I know they just started doing audiobooks. But I'm really yes. curious to see how this changes the game or even if it does, because you just buy them one off and you don't have a subscription. So. That'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I think uh, they were talking about that on Writers Inc. Oh, on like one of the newer episodes. 
on on this week's episode on right oh i haven't listened to this week's yet yeah yeah they were talking about it at the beginning of the show that spotify is doing that and but it but it's multiple steps and people are used to one Hmm. right you have to get the credits and then you have to use your credits and i'm always my credits i have so many books like i have eight credits right now (laughs) available and i have i think 600 books on there oh my gosh wow ridiculous it's a lot of space on your phone um i don't download all of them kent don't oh okay okay (laughs) i was gonna say do you have any space left on your phone I do. Yes. Yes. But I, I'm always listening. That's how I learn. That's how I learn languages. That's how I listen to books at 2X and 3X. Yeah. And I'm driving, working out and I don't have mobile university anymore. I'm not, I don't commute. So I have to find time. And it's like mm-hmm. a lot of times if I want to get into doing something like cleaning or whatever, I'll just put on a book and then I'm kind of like, well, now I'm into it. <laughs> I miss commuting, honestly. You know, a lot of people they hate their commute, but I spent about an hour in the car each day when I was teaching in a college, and I honestly really miss that. Yeah. So now I and I haven't really found a, a rhythm to my life that replaces that. I mean, there's only so many times I can go to the convenience store in a given day. Yes. It takes like 90 seconds to drive down the street. So <laughs> well, you know Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx, yeah. one of the first only female billionaires who owns her company lock stock and barrel i think she just finally got investors for it um she gets in her car and drives for an hour every day before she goes to the office does she really time yes yes because that's cool it's it's like shower time or going for a walk it allows you your body to be doing something but your brain is free that's cool that's cool sorry for the weird lighting here, for those who are listening, I my blinds fell down like 10 minutes before we got on, on Zoom. And I've got these red curtains. I just pulled them shut. So now it looks like I'm in Red Room, you know, from The Shining. Yes, I, I feel a little like we've it's entered like a horror the movie. Stephen King. We've entered the Stephen King phase of our conversation. <laughs> yeah. But the but otherwise, the sun, like the way that my house is situated, the sun shines directly in uh, for several hours a day. And it's like, unless I just put something over the window. Or shut the blinds. It's just completely blinding. Yeah, we don't want that. We don't want. It's to kind of strange. You. So, I think the universe is trying to tell me I need to get a, a, get an office somewhere else besides my house. Besides your house, an hour away, so that you can have some drive time somewhere else. It was funny. So the uh, the way that our college situation worked is another company actually. The, our school had been leasing the land to this other company who, um, I don't know obviously all the details, but we were leasing it, and so. There's nothing happening there right now. So I thought, you know, I should have just kept my office there and just saw how long long I could be a squatter in this office in this empty college building. I wouldn't actually do that. But but I thought, oh, that would be kind of an interesting thing. You could have just tested it. I should have just. I'm still here. What do you mean? What do you mean? I'm here. I'm (laughs) Who is this? This guy, he left and he he just will not leave. What's the deal? That's right. Like, are you going to tell him? I'm not going to tell him. <laughs> no, somebody will listen. So I'm sure I guarantee somebody will hear this. Who, uh, is connected with my college and they'll probably get a good laugh about that. And they'll go up and check like his truck is not back there. Is it? Yeah. Is he up there? What's he doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, Andre, this has been an absolute blast. I always enjoy talking to you so much and obviously enjoy being a part of the empire builders mastermind. That's been such a huge impact on my life. And I want to make sure to mention before we wrap this up, your book marketing mastery course that's coming up. And I wonder if you could share for our listeners a bit about that and what it's all about and how it's going to help them with their book marketing. Thank you. So for a long time, people have come up to me and said, you know, I wrote a book and it didn't do anything for me. I didn't know what to do. I got, I've exhausted my warm market and now what do I do? Or people would buy books from me in bulk and I would say, how's it going? And they'd say, oh, I've given away 10 books, but I still have 490 Mm. in the box. And I'm like, ah, right. And and a book at rest is money at rest. A book in motion is money. And so I kind of to me when I had, I, I believe that when you have three requests that are similar, like that starts to be a sign. 
how do I do this? How do I do that? And, and it became very apparent to me that authors were very frustrated with the results they were getting with their books, regardless of who published the book, traditional publishing, hybrid publishing, or they had solo published the book, that the word on the street is you don't make any money from books, not true, or that they didn't know what to do once they had posted it up on Facebook 74 times. They were like, okay, well, (laughs) I don't know what to do now, so I'm going to do nothing. And that made me very sad. So I designed Book Marketing Mastery to help authors to understand how to market their books, not just tactical things like be a guest on a podcast or host a summit or go to conferences, but then to, but also to understand the process of thinking about book marketing. So what, Hmm. how do, how do successful authors, authors who sell books, specifically nonfiction books, because as we know, I'm a fiction infant, right? I'm still in my infancy, so I don't have that mastered yet. But how do nonfiction authors think about book marketing in, again, a long-term way? Like, what's the process for putting together what I have, which is a book marketing action plan, so a book map. And then as part of the book map, I have the book matrix. And it's Hmm. a matrix that you fill in. And then you always have a direction. If you wake up and you go, I don't know what to do for book marketing today. It's like, okay, well... What's on my book map? What's in my book matrix? How do I apply this to what I'm supposed to do today? And so that's what the course is about. It's not just giving authors tactical ways to market their books, but it's giving them the thought process for putting together a book marketing action plan that's going to Hmm. serve them and their book for a long time. So this episode will come out in October. And thank you, by the way, that's, I can't wait to go through the course. Um, Will it be cool if I put a link to that in the show notes? And you said it doesn't come out till January, correct? The yeah. So the so the as of this recording, the beta is coming out um, in a week. So by the time this comes out, there will be no more beta. Although if someone emailed me, I wouldn't. I would. I would probably say yes. You can can join, but most likely the course will go up for presale. It will be okay. up for presale by the time this comes out. And then they can join the the full course in January. So I have some beta folks, you included, who are mm-hmm. going to go through the course and tell me where I didn't include something that would be helpful. Or you'll give me my ding ding. I'll get like two, you know, two <laughs> gold stars, and and it will publish as it is. Cool. Well, I can't wait to go through it and start implementing all the stuff that's in the course. Book marketing has been a stress point for me because. There's so many things you can do, but I, I'm so glad you're putting this, this together because it's a clear pathway and it's not, you have to do 632 things today. No. It's no. this clear cut, you know, process of doing it. So I'm excited about it and I'm going to be excited to promote it as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I just want to stress that it is not doing 632 things. It's identifying the things that you think will work initially that are in alignment with your personality. So if I, when I said to one of my clients, okay, so we're going to get you on podcasts. And he looked at me like a deer in the headlights. And he's like, <laughs> I'm an introvert. I don't leave my house for food. Like I have my food delivered. I'm introvert. <laughs> right. I was like, okay, well, let's get creative and let's do the things to help market your book that are going to get your book out into the world that are in alignment with your personality, your Mm. budget, the amount of time that you have. And so when you think about it within those parameters and you feel empowered to go, okay, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep chipping away at this sucker until I figure out my formula that works best for me. And then it's not stressful. It's not overwhelming. It fits to your personality. It's kind of like when someone says, well, you have to leave to go to the grocery store. You're going to wear a tuxedo. Like for some people, they're like, super, I have a tuxedo. I have one in seven different (laughs) colors. I can't wait to go. I'm going to pick out great shoes. It's going to be amazing. And other people are like, I would rather die than put on a tuxedo. So what else you got? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I love that that emphasis on going with your personality because I haven't seen very much other book marketing stuff that really talks about that aspect of it. Do what suits you and what really jives with how you're already wired. 
Yes. How are you wired? How much money do you have? How much time do you have? And when you run it through those filters and then you understand where your book is in the process, is it new? Is it sort of new? Or has it been around for a long time? It's like a new relationship, Hmm. right? When you're in a new relationship, you're all excited. You want to talk about it all the time. And then you get to the part where it's, well, it's not new, but we're not married. (laughs) Right. But you have to keep the love alive. And then there's the part where you're married, but you want to stay married. You want to keep it going. So what are the things that you do to keep it going? And when I run it through that perspective, people seem to understand it better and feel more comfortable with it. And that's yeah. my goal. Just like my books is to make people feel like you can you can write a book. You can also market your book in a way that hmm. is, is, is will work for you as, as you already show up. You don't have to turn yourself into something else in order to be successful. Now, one more question related to this. So when does your You Must Market Your Book book come out? That's in the spring, correct? That will come out in January in concert with the course. Okay, at the same time. So for those yeah. who are, obviously the book is, is going to be lower cost than the course. What will they get going through the course that they will not get simply reading the book? Well, I think a, a book can only deliver so much and still be not the size of a phone book. And so the advice, the advice in the book is not dissimilar to the advice in the course because one informed the other, but in the course I have videos and I have downloadables that are more robust and more explanatory. Right. I'm like, which, which, which verb tends of explain. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was I was explaining, it's explicable, explanatory, all the words, right? I was able to do videos and really explain the concepts in more depth than I Hmm. did in the book, right? But courses are more detailed. They're more in depth, generally speaking. And this course is no different. Well, obviously, I'm going to be getting both of those. Well, I've already got the one, the course, and I am a beta reader for your book, so... I guess I'm getting everything early, which I'm excited about. You're going to get them all. You're going to be on the advanced reader team for the book, which this interview will come out in time. If people are Mm -hmm. still watching, thank you so much. Um, And I want to say red rum, red rum. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I I know that's what it looks like, right? If people can only see the ridiculousness. It's all good. But the book and the workbook, the book and the workbook will be available to beta folks in December. And then they will come out officially in January with the course. Awesome. Well, I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about these. This is the thing, one of the things that I really, really need right now. So your timing is impeccable. I appreciate that. I do what I can. I. It's been fun. It's been fun to pull it all together and then to think of something. I actually finished recording all the videos and then I was thinking earlier today, oh, I need to go back and do another video that goes at the very beginning of the course, specifically because someone said to me, I've reached my warm market. Now, what do I do? And it's like your book should never be dependent on your war market. Hmm. I'm recording the video early right now. Talking to you, Kent, like your book should never be dependent on your war market because simply if for no other reason, then your warm market is probably not your avatar, not your ideal reader. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Your war market are, is your neighbor and the, your Facebook friend and your family, but those are not your avatar, generally speaking. Boy, there's a lot to learn here, but I'm excited. I'm excited Excellent. because normally what do we do when we, when we create a book, most of us just by nature tend to go, Hey, do you want to buy my book? Hey, do you want to buy my book? We just sort of assume everybody's going to be interested in it. So I love that you're, you're putting this into a form that's, it's going yeah. to be doable, actionable, practical, and and give us kind of a systematic way to do this. Yes. So I think it's going to be a raging success. Uh, at least in my mind, it's going to be raging success for me. I know that. Well, Kent, would you like to buy between a thousand and 10,000 copies? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, do not say yes. That's my fun question, right? Asking, making the ask of the right person. Would you like to buy between 10 and a hundred copies or a hundred and a thousand copies? Yes, sure. I'll send you an order form. It'll be Yeah. Don't wait we'll up for don't wait up for the, the invoice payment. Tonight. Yeah, don't <laughs> okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair Let's enough. see who 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 who's a friend of mine who has an email address that's not mine that I'll give you I'll give it to you to, 
send the invoice to them and let's see what happens. Yes. We'll send it to Lucas. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Yes. <laughs> well, this has been a blast. Thanks for taking time to do this. I always enjoy chatting oh, with you. And of course we chat all the time, but not, this is sort of official quote unquote. Yes. Yes. With the lighting. We, with the bizarro <laughs> red lighting, which I've never experienced before. So um, I hope I haven't, haven't mentally disturbed you with this not at all not at all it's actually it's actually nice because i have my lighting which is like looking at the sun yeah <laughs> so. i think i need to get a different office this is this has convinced me this is a sign this is a sign at least for this time of day yes absolutely i think yeah. so yeah. well thanks again this has been a blast my pleasure well as you can see honore not only knows her stuff she's also a very generous wise and fun podcast guest. So really hope you enjoyed this interview. I talk to her all the time and she's exactly like this in real life, just fun, smart, and very wise. There's a lot of takeaways from this conversation, but if I had to pick one takeaway, I would say it's this. Make sure to apply this best-selling book formula to as many books as you can. Now, obviously you're gonna be writing different kinds of books during your lifetime. And as you can see, this can be applied in different ways to different genres and different types of books, even both fiction and nonfiction. So make sure to think about this. You might even want to go back and listen to this episode another time or two to make sure you really get a handle on what this formula is and how you can apply it to all the cool things that you're doing. Make sure and check out all the awesome things that Honoré offers by going to her website, which is honorécorder.com. Now, in this conversation, you've just heard Honoré give all this amazing advice. So let me share something else amazing that she's offering to Daily Writer listeners. And that is the Book Marketing Mastery Course. If you're tired of being disappointed by your book sales and want to sell more books faster, easier, and with more fun than ever, sign up today. Book Marketing Master was created by Honoré Corder, who, of course, you've just heard about and who I just interviewed, and she has sold over 4 million books. So obviously, she really knows her stuff. The brand new course is fantastic. I've taken it myself and I've started to apply what I'm learning. To sign up for Book Marketing Mastery, Visit dailywriterlife.com slash bookmarketingmastery and use the code dailywriter, that's all one word, dailywriter, to get 10% off. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow.